The bird man right there. You know it, man. You know it. Well, we got a special intro Teddy guy for you here. Oh. Let's get it. Today's guest is known for his special teams work in the National Football League. A man hailing from the U.S. Virgin Islands. He's played for the San Diego Chargers, the Arizona Cardinals, and the St. Louis Rams. This gentleman is not only a former NFL Pro Bowler, but also an All-Pro player, which designates the best player at each position during a given season. From the University of Houston, the one and only Mr. Hannock Birdman Milligan. Hey, how y'all doing, man? man? Appreciate it. I like the intro, man. Hey, thank how you, man. Doing today? Hey, we're doing pretty well. You know that we're pretty good at stalking, and uh, you know we want to dive into your career. But Hannock, first, thank you for joining us. How are you and your family doing? Uh, we blessed, man. We blessed. You know, can't complain about anything. God is good. Man, you know, we've only been on a minute and I love the optimism and like it, it's it's like you're motivating me to play football. I almost want to run through that wall there. But I mean, we're going to just dive in and I like starting with the early years. So you attend Coconut Creek High School. You're a letterman in football. No surprise. You name the team's defensive MVP. You're selected for all county. So next step, we go to the collegiate career. And that has a few stops. You start at Garden City Community College. In 98, where you redshirted your freshman year, you then go to Iowa Central Community College, 99, where you balled out. 128 tackles, 21 and a half sacks, which is a school record, got to include six block kicks. That's like Madden created character stats. (laughs) I just want want to point that out there. So, I mean, then final stop at the collegiate career, Houston. You're a two-time all-conference USA selection. You left the school as the third all-time leading tackler, 408 career stops. I mean, just a little, a little the hand emoji there. <laughs> Man, you know, guys good. You know, I had some good mentors along the way. My older brother, Justin, and Hank. So, you know, I've been fortunate, you know, with guys' grace and, and everything. So, um, yeah, I'm thankful for those guys. And, you know, you a lot of things you can't, you know, nothing in life you can't be successful without God and, and having a good support system. So, first, why did you pick the University of Houston? Clearly, it was the right choice. Um, but did you see this being the best place to further your career? Oh, definitely. You know why? Because my brother was there. So, gotcha. I, I, any, any, anywhere my brother is is the best place for me to advance my career. So, I love it. It, it was a no-brainer. No, and I mean, I think, like. I mean, being with someone that's I'm close to my brother, like you can never go wrong with family there because at the end of the day, your performance on the field is one thing, but having that emotional support, though, that person you know you can talk to, I mean, that's just makes it easy itself. And I mean, as Teddy alluded to, right decision because you live every player's dream. You get drafted by the Chargers in the sixth round of 2003. Now, I got to ask, what did you drink when you find out you got drafted? Me, um, I, one thing I, I don't speak about drinking, so we uh, I'll pass on that one. Uh, that's fair. That's yeah. fair. And, and yeah. you know, we've talked with some people that are like, "Hey, look, I went out and I put that money in the bank." And I'm like, "Wow, that's a better decision than I would have made." Right, right. So, so you know what that that day though, I could say this, man. Um, it was very special. I had my family around, and and my, you know my good friends growing up. We like brothers. You know what I'm saying? So. To have them around and them uh, being happy for me, um, 
you know, that was the best celebration that I could have and thanking God for that as well. So, you know, anything outside of that, you know, it didn't matter at that particular moment, especially, you know, just moments like that that you could cherish forever. So I definitely remember that particular moment, having that, that family support and friend support like that. So those are the things I remember about draft day. When you were, you know, obviously you had a, a great year at Houston and, and you're going down in the record books there. Where were agents or, you know, people engaged with you kind of on a professional level? Where were they telling you that you would fall? Well, again, I had my brother handling that, that type of stuff because I was more focused on playing on the field. So I wasn't mm-hmm. really worried about that. Um, you know, coming into college and everything, you know, my expectations was to go out there and do the best that I can. And um, the NFL was not really um, a topic until towards my senior year. And, you know, my brother, when he had graduated the year before, so he was able to take away those distractions from me so I could concentrate on my play on the field. Mm-hmm. No, I love that. And, and it sounds like you and your brother are really close. And that's uh, that's the person you fun. want in your, in your corner. So, I mean, we're going Definitely. to... We're going to your first year, San Diego, and it's weird saying that now that they're in L.A., but you missed the first <laughs> season. You tear your peck in the preseason. So first real one you play is 2004, starting 14 games. You record 19 tackles, including 16 solo ones. And your next season, 2005, you had 20 tackles. You made the Pro Bowler as a special teamer, which, I mean, that goes down in history. It's the accomplishment for the highest of the high in that regard. Definitely. So. I definitely want to give you kudos and shout out to that. And another special thing about that year, I was voted one of the team's captains. So that was very special for me to have, you know, the guys like LT and uh, Lorenzo Neal and guys like that to, you know, to give me that support as far as being trusting me to be one of the captains and uh, representation of of the Chargers. So that was great for me. So Birdman, I got to ask. How frustrating was it for this injury to occur in your first season as that rookie? And then, how hard did you work to bounce back and then have that uh, that breakout season that you had in that 2005 season? Um, it, it was a it was a major blow because throughout <laughs> my career, other than my freshman year at junior college, uh, I never missed a game. So to come in there and I had the momentum going, um, I was doing real well in the preseason. It was great, now good in the games, and um, I took it took a lot out of me, um, uh, you know, physically, but especially mentally um uh it was a big blow and you know being being on my own out there you know trying to make adjustments and trying to recover from that uh i wanted i wanted to for the first time in my life you know i wanted to to give up man and i wanted to to um you know just watching the guys go out there and playing and i'm not able to contribute or help or anything and just sitting around being injured it kind of got depressing but uh you know um, one day I didn't show up and um, and they were looking for me. You know, I just decided, um, you know what, I'm I'm not into it. I'm whatever. And um, uh, Coach Schottenheimer, uh, God rest his soul, and uh, his wife, Ms. Schottenheimer, uh, came to the, came to my apartment. And uh, we went out, sat down, ate, and, you know, he, he gave me words of encouragement, um, letting me know that, you know, this type of stuff happens on this level. Um, no need to hold my head down. Um, just keep working, keep grinding, and um, you'll be right back better than ever. So hearing those words coming from the head man was a great motivation for me. And, you know, just just to go out there and keep working hard and, and, and bounce back. So it was it was a blessing, you know what I mean, for me to go through that time and, and be able to come back. And, you know, God bless me to to be have that productive year. You know, you got, and it's, you got, oh, well. 
You, you no, got no, me no. about to go. You got me about to go uh, play some football now, man. I, you got me motivated. You know what I think is interesting is we've talked to a lot of athletes, you know, interviewing them about their career, and all of them go through adversity at some point. Obviously, some injuries, you know, maybe a family passing, and you know, obviously, hindsight's twenty twenty. Looking back on your career, and it's like, you know, maybe if that didn't happen, that perspective you would have had, or that extra motivation, um, and you know, obviously. It worked in a sense because you have your best season in 2005. You're a pro bowl. You're a captain. I want to talk about those 04, 05 Chargers teams. I mean, they're stacked. 12 and 4 in 2004, 9 and 7 in 2005. As mentioned, you're a captain. So Drew Brees is the starting quarterback. Philip Rivers backing up. Hall of Famer with Damian Tomlinson. Also Lorenzo Neal. Michael Turner. Darren Sproles in that backfield. Uh, Antonio Gates, Vincent Jackson at the beginning of his career. That's just the offensive yeah. side, the defensive side. You have a young Sean Merriman, Luis Castillo, Quinton Jammer. Did you, a lot of these guys had very long and successful careers. Did the team at that time realize how special that a group you guys were? In terms of, yeah. I mean, we looked at the talent and just, I mean, we're double, we're double at every, almost every position. So that's rare to have that in the NFL, you know, in college, you would see that, but to have that in the NFL, um, we felt, we felt real good, man. A great, you know, about our team and, you know, like the old four year, you know, missing a kick is cost us from going far in the playoffs. So, you know, who knows what the outcome of the season would have been if we, that kick would have went through, but Hey, things happen. And then Oh five, I think, I think it was more of um, a, a hangover per se of the year before. And, you know, you know, in our division, it's a real, it was a, you know, great division to go against, you know, the rivalry games. I mean, every game you played, no matter the record of your opponent, especially in the AFC West, it's going to be a tough game. You know, everybody don't like each other. So, you know how that goes. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, I, I, I kind of want to piggyback off of that because, you know, when somebody misses a kick, like everybody focuses on that one moment. Of like, oh, man, well, if we can put it on this one play, it changes the result. But obviously there's many plays over the course of a football game. But in the locker room, like, what's kind of the feeling that's going through? Like, do you come back next year and you're hungry and you're like, okay, we're doing this as a team? Like, I'm just kind of interested, obviously, looking back, this is close to 20 years. Hopefully people aren't angry at the kicker anymore. I mean, we wasn't angry at him. I mean – we love Nate. I mean, Nate, Nate is a great kicker. Um, you know, the weather conditions, um, he's an accurate kicker from college all year. So, I mean, you got to understand, you know, when, in, in those type of weather situations, them, them kicks, the percentage of, of being um, made, is, it goes down, you know, so we wouldn't matter him. I mean, if you think about it, it's, I, there's a lot of plays that were left on the field that we could have, done or made better so we wouldn't have been in that situation so you can't put all of it on him at all or blame him you know being a team sport man it's everybody you know it ain't nate loss it's it's the Chargers' loss so at the end of the day man we got to move on for it from it and and just you know next year put in more work and and, and do our best to put him in a better position as well no I, I certainly understand that i've spoken like a true teammate you know someone that's looking for the back of their others and I mean, it's 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 a little bit it's a little bit disappointing because that's yeah. when I really started following football, and I think the Chargers are one of the best teams from that era that didn't get a Super Bowl appearance. You know, they go obviously fourteen and two the year after in two thousand six. But Hannah, what I think is interesting is at the end of the two thousand five season, you're released from the Chargers, and Marty Schottenheimer, you know, rest his soul, said, 
I'll just leave it at this. He saw himself as a safety. We were never comfortable with him in that role. He was a special teams player only. And for us, he didn't fit in the role as a safety. Now, I'm sure most people are willing to do what is ever asked to make an NFL team early in their career. Now, I respect that you stood your ground because special teams aren't flashy. And there's very few Matthew Slaters that make their career and are notable off it. Was there any part of you that was really tempted to just kind of swallow your pride, stick to special teams to stay on the Chargers? I'm 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 glad you asked that question because I'm I'm gonna go back to this. When I first got there, when given when I was given the opportunity to play safety, I was very successful. I was averaging about ten tackles a game in the preseason. I was doing well. Whenever they put me in the games to play safety, I was successful. I had a pass breakup on Tony Gonzalez in the end zone. It was on the front page of the paper of the newspaper, right? I did everything I was asked for, for the team. It wasn't, it wasn't that I was demanding to play safety. I just asked for opportunity. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, you know, I'm able, being able to actually explain my thoughts of that whole situation. I appreciate you guys for that. But that, that was, that what really was going on with that particular situation. And I just decided to move on and, um, you know, try to get opportunity and going to a new team. You got to adjust the, the playbook and all that. But, you know, at the end of the day, um, I just felt that, you know, not giving opportunity, even though that I, I, you know, I was, I was 50, 50. I wanted to stay definitely, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, at that moment when your momentum's going, when you just want a chance, if you didn't get hurt, you know, it's a lot plays into it. You know what I'm saying? You know, being a, a, a great football player far as in college and, and, all I, all I was doing, every level that I've been on in, in, from before the pros, I was given the opportunity to see what I could do. And, I, you know, God bless me, you know, put in the work, of course. But, you know, I played defensive line in high school. You know what I'm saying? Then I played linebacker in junior college. So making adjustments is something I was fortunate to be able to do. And even when I went to the Chargers, I had success in the preseason. You know, so – Looking at that, if I if I wasn't successful in the beginning of my career, then I probably would have been like, you know, but who says that that's all you are? You know what I mean? Yeah. So that for me to just say I'm just a one-trick pony, um, that's not my style. You know, my style is to go out there and give it all, give it my all, and hey, whatever, however it works out, whatever God planned for me is, is that was going to be, you know what I'm saying? But not giving an opportunity, I couldn't swallow that one. Yeah. And what I think is interesting is safety is kind of the hybrid. Like you've seen the cam chancellors that will line up at linebacker or people have converted their careers from safety to linebacker or edge rushing because you're doing a little bit of everything. And I'm looking at that 05 Chargers safeties rosters right now and and not trying to poo poo on anyone. But Terrence Keel has one sack, zero interceptions, one fumble recovered. B. Jew or Bois Jew. Bois Jew. I, I haven't even heard of him until now. So I'm not once again, not trying to yeah. say anything negative, but Quentin Jammer at this point is a really good corner. Did they say why they're not even entertaining you for a possibility of starting or even a backup role? We, we, we switched DB coaches, right? And mm-hmm. no one's people didn't see the practices. They had me at corner. I'm doing my thing. They put me at safety. I'm doing my thing. You know, they, the thing, as you see, it all boils down to money as well because 
they would have to pay me. You know what I mean? And uh, unfortunately, um, we didn't see eye to eye. And, you know, no matter what I did in practice, you know, of course the coach is going to come out and say that. That's that's who Marty is. He's going to come out and, you know, he's going to kind of downplay it because what coach is going to go out there and say, he's a great player, but we just don't want to play. They got to say something. So, you know, um, and unfortunately I had to move on. And then, like, I felt I was better than them guys, you know, or I could compete with them guys. And, you know, when I was given the opportunity, even in practice, you know, put me on the blitz, put me in different positions. You know, the game has changed. And, you know, and looking back, you know, I don't regret anything that happened. You know, um, my destiny is what God has in store for me. And, and um, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity. But, you know, right now it, it's the new chapter in my life. And, and all those things that I went through, um, in the past and in, in the adversity and things like that, it's been beneficial for my present. So, um, you know, how you know how that goes. Yeah. And, and I think talk about that new chapter, I was actually watching ballers lately that, uh, Dwayne Johnson one where it's kind of the post life of an NFL player. Um, so yeah, you had your NFL career, great career. Now, what is it looking like for the Birdman? Um, self-improvement, um, just be, Showing, you know, mm -hmm. having good character, being there for my family, um, just continue to, you know, raise our kids and and be a good example and, and just continue to improve each day, man. And and uh, go out there, probably do, you know, speak to some kids or some something like that. But right now, it's, you know, with everything going on with the pandemic, it's about self-care and, and focus on your family. And then as things get better, you branch out and do other things. But you know, like I said, right now it's just more about focusing on in-home things and, and, and like that, things like that. So in no, home no, things, no plans to drop for, as of today. I should say in in-home things such as building a man cave. And I don't know if you heard this one. Anyone say Milligan's Island? Oh yeah, yeah. They, oh, we, we had the Milligan's Island. We had uh, Milligan's Mafia. Yeah, you already know it. Mm -hmm. Before kick before kickoffs, before kickoffs. You know, I, that's why I'm gonna tell you something. Them Chargers fans, man, they're the best to me. I, I ain't gonna lie. Like, they're they're loyal. They don't care what position you play, what they everybody get the love. Everybody gets the same love, man. And I'm serious, man. Look like them them Chargers teams, man. The one thing I can say is that the players, man, it was a brotherhood. Nobody, nobody, LT and them led the way, man. Drew, they led they. They made everybody feel at home. They embraced everybody. And to have superstar uh, future, well, Hall of Famers and some future Hall of Famers um, just show that support, you know, they, they'll crump with the special teams. You know what I'm saying? They'll join in and all that, man. They, they, they took, like, Marty straight up, he took pride. He saw special teams more important than offense and defense. And that's why he felt if I played safety – I wanted to make sure I add this in. He felt like if I played safety, it's going to take away from the special teams. Gotcha. Gotcha. That you know, that you so, can't you can't multitask or multi-commit that yeah. you know, it's, no, it's, it's he, hard, want, he it's wants hard, he wants he wants to league, yeah. You're not going to be able, it's it's because playing playing safety is kind of like quarterback sort of say because it's a lot of things, it's a lot of switches, you know, you you're going against the offense and they could come out with all you got to be sharp, you got to be quick, you got to be you know, energize and, you know, if you got to, if you have a, 
you know, like I said, depth counts, man. So to have, you know, a deep, a deep team, you're able to have your starters, have some good backups, but also keep your special team strong, which, as you see, is very crucial in a lot of these games. It win and lose this game. Yeah, it's something that goes under the radar, but, you know, it becomes more on the radar when you have a great special teams return player, somebody that's returning it, or if someone muffs a fumble, that's when the spotlight kind of comes, and it's something that is kind of taken for granted. We have a guy tuning in. Oh, another fan. So, Hannick, we've talked about your career, talked about post-career. We'd like to get our guests out of here with a little triple play rapid fire, some this okay. or that questions. They are not all football-related. You game? Okay, I'm, I'm ready. All right, let's go, let's go. What is the better Chargers jersey, the dark blue or the powder blue? Powder blue. Powder I figured you would say that. Yeah, that's that's the clap, man. You ought to get to wear those. You know, they, you know when we play, you barely wearing them, so. All right, and that's true. That's true. The powder blues are kind of marketing a little bit more. Yeah. Would you rather have to try to tackle Derrick Henry in the open field or a one-on-one jump ball versus Calvin Johnson? I would, I would, I think the, the one-on-one with Calvin Johnson would be more difficult. Cause we, you know, a lot of, a lot of these guys are trying to take Henry up top, which is a mistake. Yeah. You take him down low. I All right. understand why that stiff, his stiff arm is dangerous. Yeah, that's that's for the D end and linebacker, and you yeah. saying I'd rather go and try and tackle than this jump ball. I like it. I, I think most people would want to preserve their body. They'll deal they'll deal with the embarrassment, but they don't want to get uh you know trampled or you know a meme like Josh Norman. So I respect it. Yeah, you got got to take his legs out. That's all. That, that's that's a good, we'll go good for tactic. His legs at least, but Calvin Johnson jump ball. He been like about six six. You know. Yeah. With a right. vert, you got to add that vertical yeah. to it as well. A lot of yeah. people don't realize that armament and the vertical with his height, it's 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 very difficult. Yeah, you get you get mossed either way, probably. All right, but speaking of legs, would you rather be a chair or a table? I'd be a table. <laughs> You'd be a table. Yeah. Okay. All right. Would you rather never get a paper cut again? Or never get anything stuck in your teeth again. I would say paper cut. Those paper cuts hurt. That's what I'm Damn, saying. Right, they do. They're, po- they're very potent. Yeah. Small and, but small but with a kick. I, okay, I, I like that we're on the same page with this. Um, and, and and with the with the table chair thing, I w- I wouldn't want nobody to sit on me. Yeah. No, that's true. I mean, you're thinking about these answers. They're good. All right. Do you pull your toilet paper from the bottom or from the top? Be careful how you answer this, Birdman. Come on now. It's a big one. Oh, it'll it'll be from the top. From the top? No, it's from the bottom. The bottom is the more natural way. Top. Oh, you talking about, oh, I see what you said. Yeah, you pull it. It's like like a chin-up versus a pull-up. Like chin-ups are easier. They're more natural. Yeah. All right, but he, he's still falling from the top. That's fine. Would yeah. you rather participate in a snowball or a water balloon fight? I would say uh, snowball. Okay. I like it. I like it. We we got a, a few left, and then we got one from the uh, listener commenting in. Would you rather fight Mike Tyson once or talk like him the rest of your life? Fight Mike Tyson once. Oh! Ooh. 
But if he hits you, you might talk about like him all the time anyway. So it's it's a lose lose situation. That's I a mean, good one. Do you think you could potentially take him? Nah, I'm, I ain't gonna lie. I'm not gonna be in front. I'll give it. I'll give it my all. But I mean, I would have to I was, as as a as a just a civilian, a non-boxer, or as trained like he trained and things like that. You get to train a little bit. We don't just throw you in there cold turkey. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll give him. I'll give him. You know, if I stay away from his punches, you know, he's gonna come attack and you know be like Mayweather. You never know. All right, I like that. I like that. Yeah, you're not backing down. So you can only listen to one album the rest of your life. What is it? And if you say a Birdman album, that's gonna make my day. Um, I would say probably Outcast, AT Aliens. That's a good one. That that yeah, that's because it has a it has a balance of all of all. You know, smooth. It gets you crunk. It gets you laid back. You know. So I would. You know, definitely use that one. It's, it's very versatile. The people love it. All right, so we got the last two here. Would you rather fulfill your biggest wish or resolve your biggest regret? I would say, I would say, um, my biggest wish, because any the regrets behind something that's already done is is no way you could even um correct that you could just move forward and next time you get the opportunity make sure you don't make that mistake again so your biggest dream will be more you know what i would do no these are these are very well thought out answers and we have a, a question from a listener coming in so chargers d was a little skeptical last season why do you think coach staley wasn't able to excel on the defensive side they have some quality stars but just didn't seem to be healthy or they were healthy i guess for the most part I think it was it, it was up front. Mm-hmm. I mean, the up front is is it was was you could clearly see that was the weakness. And then Bosa, I mean, you know, him having to deal with a lot of double teams all the time, you're gonna get exhausted. By being exhausted, you go out there and get injured. And um, you know, so and I felt like they could have ran the ball a little more so they could defense to get more rest. They threw too much. Mm-hmm. Even you got Herbert, but they they could have run. If you see the games they ran, I mean, when you see the Texans run all over you yeah. with guys my age, uh, <laughs> you got a problem. So you know it's just a it's just it's just a mixture of those things, man. Um, uh, just you know, run the ball a little more. The front and they got to improve on the front front seven. Well, we got one more. We got one more question from the listener. If if you if you're down to answer. Ask no him about the hometown new school charger, Asante Samuel Jr. I played with his dad. So when they got him, I just knew I just knew that he's gonna be a great player for them. Um his instincts, his dad was very instinctive, great competitor. Um I watched him at Florida State. Uh saw what he could do. Uh, he brings a lot to the table for them, and that was a steal for the Chargers. You know how we're getting old is people we played with or watched growing up, uh, you yeah. know, because I played with Asante Samuel, too, uh, <laughs> you know, that we're seeing their kids play. But, Hannick, really yeah. want to appreciate you joining us. Um, you know, before we get you out of here, anything you want to plug, stuff that you're working on, where they can find your highlights, the socials, because if not, I'll plug it for you. Uh, you, you go ahead. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I'm, I'm laid back, man. <laughs> 
Yeah, so you got a new Instagram at official underscore Birdman31. We got to get that man's follower up. We got to get him some clout. You can check out his highlights on YouTube. A man making stops. You know, we do do a little bit of swag here. Um, and just, you know, really appreciate you taking some time like uh, talking about your career. Everybody that watches Triple Play, we appreciate you tuning in. Make sure you check out some other stuff we got going on. And signing out with just loving your shirt, your shirt. always showing out. And you feel me? And another little twist to the end. God's plan. God's plan. Three sixty five. Everything you do, definitely. Everything. Every day. Every day is a day to improve. Every day is a fresh start. You know, let God lead the way. Three hundred sixty five days of the year. You know what I'm saying? And that's how you continue to be successful. No days off. And that's what we call a mic drop right there.